It's the Bald Spot with Jeffrey Baldinger. Hello, and welcome back to the Bald Spot with Jeffrey Baldinger. I, of course, am Jeffrey Baldinger, and this is the Bald Spot with Jeffrey Baldinger. How are we doing today? How are we doing this week? I asked the questions in the hopes that the answers are not bleak. Did I? Rye? For sure. Is it a crime? It couldn't be. It's too pure. Now here's a riddle to sink your teeth into. I'll sound the horn and I'll give you a clue. A skinny rhino, the body of a horse. That's what we think only exists within our imagination, of course. But living deep within the sea lies the tooth of reality. The answer will be revealed next week. Email me what you think I'm talking about at thebaldspotpod at gmail.com. I'm interested to see if I'm actually any good at writing riddles. This is my first shot at it. I had a lot of fun trying to come up with it, but, you know, if nobody can guess what it is, then maybe that means I'm uh, too good at it already. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Or probably not good at all. Either way, I want to know if you can guess it. And you may be asking yourself, Jeffrey... How did you get so good at writing riddles in the first place? I want to try. Well, folks, I will not hold back any of my secrets from you. I never have, and I never will. If you want to give writing riddles a shot, I have two surefire ways to make the perfect riddle. The first technique is you need to think about what you want people to guess. Word, phrase, sentence, thing, person, place, noun, whatever it is. And then you need to work backwards from that and come up with a sentence or a question, hopefully that rhymes, that will guide them to that answer. The second technique you could use is to make a confusing rhyme, to start with a confusing rhyme, and see if you can think of any type of response to said rhyming sentence to make said sentence make sense. And honestly, I don't know which technique is better, but I do know that they are both possible techniques. So that's something. Now that being said, if no one gets what I was trying to get them to guess by next week, I will then give out another clue or just give you the answer. I'm not sure which it will be. It'll probably be based on how I'm feeling that day. But please participate and email me at thebaldspotpod at gmail.com with the subject line reading, Riddles and Salutations. I'm excited to hear from you. Anywho, I wanted to keep this show pretty consistent week to week, but obviously this episode's coming out a teens bit late, and so maybe I'll get back on track, but we'll see what happens. I hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day. It was Valentine's Day just recently. Uh, I got a lovely card, very, very sweet, from my dentist saying, stop sending my office cards. We will not be your Valentine. I don't think you've ever actually been a patient here. Please stop. So, you know, it's a little back and forth we have. It's a it's a real meet-cute situation. You're putting myself out there. It's, it can be difficult to meet your soulmate in a city of soulless zombies, but that don't mean you give up. That don't mean you give up. That don't mean you give up. Okay, you just have to be true to yourself in order to find what you didn't know you were looking for in the first place. That's the type of Los Angeles mindset that you need to have so that you can find exactly what you should not be looking for. However, the benefits of finding somebody who says those types of things sincerely, my friend, that is a relationship that will have all the ups and downs of the Tower of Terror and just a continuous roller coaster of extreme emotions and influencer-type drama. And I'll tell you, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. 
But what I've been doing, and this is actually true, this is what I've been doing to keep myself out there, keep myself in the mix, is whenever I see two people holding hands on the street or in the sidewalk or wherever they may be, I just run right through them and I just go, I win! It's like my own personal game of Red Rover that only I know that I'm playing. And it's a lot of fun for all parties involved because, A, it gives that couple a nice surprise and a very fun cocktail party story to tell their cocktail party guests. And, you know, they'll they'll be at a, a cocktail party or some such thing wearing their cocktail suits and their cocktail dresses, and they'll be regaling their cocktail party friends with this amazing story about that one time when a really awesome cool dude just ran right between them like their arms were a finish line or, you know, and they'll be like, it literally made our day. That's what they will say. And two... It's a solid exercise. Like, it's really great interval training. I'm not even joking, you know? Because you're, you're walking and then you see two people holding hands. You run. It's, it's that burst of energy that, that really gets the heart rate going. It's really good. But, here, but here's the thing. And, here, and this is the only thing that I'll say about that. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work out the way that you hope it would. Because sometimes you don't break through. Then you got to hold their hands the rest of the walk. Because them's the rules of Red Rover. I didn't write the rules. I just follow them. Okay? But even when that happens, it's still a great experience that will show you your truths. And that is incredibly important. You, you will meet some kooky people in this world who are totally into that sort of uh, life bit. And you will also meet people who are adamantly against it. And honestly, if I can be honest with you... Can I still be honest with you? I'll be honest with you. That revelation of personality quirks is the biggest and best reason to do Red Rover Solitaire. Because you discover the people that immediately respond to your type of energy. Which, in turns reveals who you actually attract. When you are unabashedly you, you get to discover the people who actively want to be around you. And when you get a good hard look at those people, that then gives you the clarity to either say, okay, okay, I need to change everything about myself, time to stifle my fundamental truth, and figure out a false reality I can kind of live with for the rest of my life. Or, or, hopefully, you might realize that you can be no other way, and those that you attract are the same types of people that you are attracted to as well. And if that's the case, that... That is a truly beautiful moment because being at one with yourself and those around you, building those relationships, romantic or otherwise, without pretense or projections, it's a great, it's a it's a great feeling to find your crew. It's even better if you can feel comfortable in any crew because a big problem with society is tribalism in general of any sort. But that is a different discussion for another day. The point that I'm making is that relationships need work. You know. I know I'm standing out on a ledge there, but relationships need work. And that includes self, the relationship with yourself in relation to the world, and effort from all parties involved. I actually I actually had an interesting phone call with my agent. That's another form of a relationship right there. It's a very tricky relationship, I'll tell you. Uh, but it's 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 been okay. I, I had a phone call with him the other day, and... We we like each other. We get along just fine. But truth be told, I uh, I may need to find a new one. I just I'm not sure that he's working out for me as well as he should be. I I actually recorded our last conversation. Uh, I want to play it for you now. So here, just take a listen. 
Here we go. Oh, hey, Simon. Jeffrey, it's Simon. Yeah, I, hey, Simon, I see you. Hey, Simon Jeff. Weaver. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Uh, how, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I thought about our last meeting, you know, and I think this call is going to make you happy. I've been, we wanted to call yeah. you. You give me an audition? An audition. What are you taking me for? I went out, I searched, and I submitted, and I sent them your reel, and they want you. No audition. That's that's amazing. Thank you, uh, Simon. Thank you so much. That, uh, what's the role? I, I don't mean to be like overly questioning or, or demanding. You know, send me the deets. What it, what what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. You know the old movie Oliver and Company. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the, the the cartoon movie with like Billy Joel and Bette Midler. Yeah, well, get this. They're making a play out of it. It's a live action, so they get to see a pretty little face. And I know it's theater, but I figured since they're offering, you know, you might be down for it. No, yeah, I'll, I am down for theater, but they're making a play. It's already a play, though, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the only play I know of that has dogs and cats in it is Cats. And it ain't got no dogs in it, so. Okay, no, I, so they're, they're making a play. A live-action play version of the the cartoon version of the play Oliver and Company. Yes, you want in? You know, I I think I'm I'm overcomplicating it. I, I I'm making it too complicated for myself. Yes, yes, I'm in. Uh, that sounds awesome. What is what is the role? What is the role? Oliver, baby, it's you. They want that's the lead. That's the lead guy. Yeah, that's, uh, they want me to play. That's you, so may I have some more? That, like, yeah. Or Jeffrey, please. Yeah, of course. It's you. Yes, 100%. I, I'm down. Thank you. Simon. Sure, yeah. sure. Ah, I'm excited. Thank you. You're the best. You are the best. All right. All right. I'll have them send a cat over round two. Let you guys get acquainted. What? I'm going to have them send a cat over round two. Is that a good time? What cat? What cat? The cat Oliver. You're handling Oliver. You've seen the movie, right? Come on. Well, yeah, no, but I thought you said that it was a live... I thought you said I was playing Oliver. You are. Cats are very hard to direct, you know? It's a very esoteric play, you know? They're using real animals and voiceovers from the film, so... Well, so it's very it, layered. So you, <clears throat> they're using the actual audio from the film, and I'm just, I, it sounds like I'm just handling a cat. Oh, lest we forget where we came from. Just handling a cat. Yeah, and Gandhi just wasn't that hungry, am I right? <laughs> this guy... I, I don't... Who am I talking to? I don't that. <laughs> Hey guys! All right, all right, all right. It's not, it's not for you. I get it. It's not up your alley. Not a problem. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be difficult. You know, You're let's... not difficult. You couldn't be difficult if you tried. And if you tried, the only D word you'd be would be delightful. I appreciate that. that. I got a bunch of stuff I'm working on for you, okay? What do you got? Now, this one's a little kooky, all right? But I think it might be right okay. up your alley. All right, okay. ready? Ready? Uh, yep, yep. Ready? Okay. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Ready? They're doing a new animated movie adaptation of the Broadway play The Lion King, but set in Middle Ages. You with me so far? So far. Okay, good. All right. Here's a twist on this one, though, right? Because in this version, the animals are actually people, right? And the name of Simba is being changed to, ooh, let me see, Hamlet. So this is, this is play Hamlet? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know where the hell they get these names, right? Hamlet. Doesn't sound, sounds, Hamlet doesn't sound kosher to me, to be honest. But anyways, so, interesting part. Uh, I was talking to the casting director about this one, right? It's uh, not animated at all, right? And it's actually being performed. They're going to do live in a theater. Look at it. Live in a theater in front of an audience. Jeff, what do you think, buddy? What's, um, that sounds... Mm? 
did the gig and it was all right I, I got paid it was a uh, it was an hour and a half so 1650 not too shabby they they didn't cover gas but i don't know it felt like it was a bad prank you know pranks here's the, i i want to take a uh, going on a little bit of a tangent here but pranks back in my day and look not to be all back in my day but back in my day if I, I also dislike the fact that I can finally say back in my day unironically. It's obnoxious and I just don't like doing it, okay? But back in my day, I felt like pranks were just extreme jokes on your friends. And now the goalposts have been moved. A pr- like a prank would get you upset or stressed out initially, but once revealed that it was a prank, the gasket would have been released and you'd get a good laugh with your friends. And here's the important part of a prank is that Nothing actually happened to change anyone's day-to-day life. You know, I see these prank videos now where someone goes up to a certain... And they may all be staged and and false and, and fake and stuff like that. And I, But 
how people perceive pranks now because of these videos is fucked up. Because, like, I see these prank videos where they go up to a stranger on the street and they just smash or destroy their iPhone and they're just like, hey, pranked you. <laughs> oh, we destroyed your phone and that was a great prank. Here's an iPhone 12. We got you a new phone. We, we destroyed your old property. Uh, we're giving you a new phone. Isn't that a great prank? That's not a prank. That's destroying someone's property and then trying to buy them off. Giving me a new phone does not change the fact that you destroyed my old phone. Throwing my phone in a lake is not a prank. A prank would be making me think you threw my phone in a lake. That's a prank. Giving me a new phone does not change the fact that now I have to hope to God that I, I had my stuff backed up to the cloud so I don't lose all of my pictures and contacts and notes and, and voicemails from dead relatives that I'll never get to hear again. And, and I hope I wasn't on a business call that you just interrupted, which could have gotten me a new job, but now I won't be able to get that job and so I won't be able to afford my rent this month, which means I'll get evicted. And frankly, you just ruined my fucking life with your non-prank, but hey... Yeah, why don't you give me that new iPhone that I can't afford, which isn't compatible with my 12-year-old laptop that won't be able to hook up to anything, and I really, that really makes this prank funny, haha. <laughs> no. No. Two pranks that I remember that I thought were great pranks back when I was in college would, was, were a couple pranks that my roommates had pulled on our dorm neighbors. They, they wrote up an eviction notice on our dorm letterhead. For the neighbors because of, you know how you'd have like empty beer bottles or drug paraphernalia, just stuff like that where they would, they basically wrote up a fake eviction notice for paraphernalia, right? And here's why it was such a great prank. Because the neighbors were not actually getting evicted. They just thought they were. So they were freaking out for a while and then they checked. And it turns out, no, they were not getting evicted and nothing happened. They were stressed the fuck out for a few hours, but the release made them laugh and say, fuck you guys, but in that way that really meant, ah, I love you, I love you guys, you, you, this, this was stressful, but hilarious in hindsight. Hilarious in hindsight. You know, the other prank that, to me, got even more extreme, and maybe this is just me being, you know, stupid and, you know, fucking have my blinders on to what extreme pranks actually are. You know, that's, I'll, I'll admit that maybe that's the case. But the other prank that I was privy to is that a friend of mine got a hold of his roommate's car keys and moved his car to a different parking spot, like to a different parking lot, and making my friend think that his car actually got towed. Again, great prank because the car wasn't actually towed. There was no actual harm done. A good prank is just a good lie. He was, it was just a lie. A lie that you hope somebody believes for a little bit. He was mad for sure. Oh, you moved my car and made me think... You know, of course he was mad. I would have been mad too, but no actual damage was done. Which you can then go like, uh, yeah, I was mad for a little bit, but yeah, it's a, it's a good prank. That's a solid prank, you know? I saw, I saw a video, and when I say prank video, I put that in quotes so hard they lit somebody's car on fire and said prank just kidding and now here's your tesla that is not a prank and that's not how kidding works you're not kidding you just committed arson and now you're trying to bribe me and do you think i can make payments on a fucking tesla you asshole you i just finished paying off the car that you burned to a crisp fuck you and not in the way that means i love you that you don't 
you don't do that. To quote Brody Stevens, you don't do that. You don't do that. I don't know. That, look, that That's what happened. That brings us up to date on what happened on my week. You know, it's it, it all goes... It's circuit. It's cyclical. It's circular. You know, in a in a few years, the people who are doing these types of pranks now are gonna, their kids are gonna have prank videos where the prank is, you know, ha 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 ha. I cut I cut off your toe. Hilarious prank, right? Now you have to have major surgery. <laughs> or uh, you know, I I tattooed your fucking ex's face on your back haha <laughs> pranked you not whatever the next extreme thing is going to be but yeah it's, it's all it's all a big circle which actually this actually leads nicely into our sponsor for this week which is pie take us away no one complains with pie thanks bill good to have you back and i do love a good pie and honestly if i can be honest with you i know this may be a hot take and i know y'all love some hot takes Oh, you love some hot takes. But I will take pie over cake any day of the week. All types of pies, too. I mean, specifically dessert pies. Those are the gold standards. But I do love them meat and pizza pies, too. I had actually never heard of meat pies till I started traveling to Europe and Australia regularly, but they are delicious. And truth be told, I've only ever heard of pizza being referred to as pie in television or movies and even then it's been a long time since i've heard that term in any recent film or television property it was pretty rampant in the 90s but i mostly got my food information from reruns of the ninja turtles which was from the 80s so so here's my question are there any people out there who actually still refer to pizza as pie if you still call pizza a pie let me know and wh- and why do you do it why do you do it? Is it just because it's a circle? Is any food in a circle to you a pie? And what and why why is that? It's a pancake. Why isn't it a pan pie? Is that what what differentiates what you determine to be a pie versus a cake? You know, you got rice cake. Why isn't it why isn't it rice pie? And why isn't it pizza cake? Cake's a circle. You know, let me let me know your thoughts thebaldspotpod at gmail.com let me know where you draw the line at determining what you consider a pie look i know you tune in to the bald spot with jeffrey baldinger for the real issues okay and that's what i'll always give you i'm not going to sugarcoat it i'm not going to beat around the bush i'm not going to talk about what that bullshit's out there trending on tiktok or twitter although i have been enjoying clubhouse recently that that is a fun little little app but I know you tune in for my hot takes. And I got some more hot takes for you because I know y'all love some hot takes. Oh, you love some hot takes. I have not seen Lost or Gilligan's Island, but you will not convince me that they are not the same show. They are. Deal with it. It's the same plot. Gilligan's Island just did it better. That was my hot take for the week. Get over it, because I already have. And I swear if any of you come at me with your opinions or reasons why why that isn't a correct hot take, I'll be like, yeah, you're probably right. I haven't seen either show. And I will not see them, either. And that's my hot take. And I know y'all love my hot takes. Oh, you love some hot takes. Alright. Love giving you the hot takes. But now... It is time to discuss our thought experiment. Oh, yeah. 
But before we get into the thought experiment from last week, I received some more thoughts on our what is easier done than said question from two weeks ago. This one brought to you by our listeners from down under, a Mr. Joshua B. from Oz. Thank you for participating, Josh B. And your answer for what is easier done than said, you wrote in explosive diarrhea. And you know what? When I first read that, I was like, yeah, good, solid answer. It is probably easier done than said. But the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking, yeah, I don't know. I, I would much rather say explosive diarrhea than to, than do it. But then, then that begs the question of it doesn't matter what you'd rather do, which is easier. But I think that if you'd rather do it, then that makes it easier said than done. If you'd rather say something than do something, that I think makes it easier said than done. However, if you already have it, it probably is easier to do than to say. So, yeah. This is a tricky one. I like I'm I'm glad that you wrote this in cuz this is a tricky one. I definitely I definitely want to hear more of your thoughts and anybody's thoughts on this one. I I think it's one of those 50-50 things depending on the situation. Cuz here's the thing. If you're in the midst of explosive diarrhea, I, it it might be difficult to say. You know, you're oh, explosive diarrhea. It might be too hard to get it out. Not the diarrhea, but the 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 words explosive diarrhea but if you don't have it then for sure no question is it easier to say than to do so yeah that's oh that's that's a good one i thank you for writing that one in that's the type of this is the type of debate that the thought experiment was built for so thank you for participating in this one this was a this was a fun one to explore and i'm glad we got to flush it out um any other thoughts on that or uh, any of our other thought experiments that you want to talk about? You know, what if reflections didn't exist, etc., etc. Uh, please don't hesitate to send your thoughts in to thebaldspotpod at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. But now we are going to get into the answers from our thought experiment from last week. What fictional universe would you want to live in and which fictional universe would you not want to live in and why i'll give you my answer first and it should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me personally but for me the obvious choice the only real choice is the star trek universe you're insane if you think otherwise i'm sorry maybe not insane but crazy a little bit specifically the tng era star trek universe but only if you lived within the Federation. As my rule dictated, nothing changed about my personal life, so ostensibly I'd still live on Earth, which is, according to Star Trek lore, not the android, but as of the 24th century, paradise. It is a paradise, wanting for nothing. All your external fears abated. External fears, of course, meaning like cost of living, food, water, anything that you would have to worry about that is fundamental to surviving, you no longer need to worry about. Because you get rid of all that stuff, and all that's left is what's going on in your mind and your brain, and it's the internal stuff. The exploration of the mind 
is the adventure. You know, as Q said, it's not mapping stars and studying nebula that should drive you, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. <sighs> they should they should have just ended it there. They should have had Generations be yesterday's Enterprise, and they should have had First Contact be a crossover with Deep Space Nine and Star Trek: The Next Generation. That. I'm getting off track, but that's the universe that you'd want to live in. If I was going to choose a fictional universe, that would be the one. Because, I mean, hey, they have communicators, which are pretty awesome if you ask me. Oh, oh, okay, you're coming at me now. Oh, we already have communicators and they're called phones? Yeah, well, I wonder where we got that idea. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek. As far as a sci-fi world I would not want to live in, um... Pick any other. Pick any of the other ones. No thank you, MCU. No thank you, DCEU. And no thank you, Star Wars. For real? You'd pick Star Wars? Why Why would anyone want to live in any of those realities? I could see if you weren't really thinking about it and you were like, well, well Star Wars would be fun because of the Force. Remember, you are you. Whatever your life is now, you would have the equivalent of said life in that fictional universe. You're lying to yourself if you think you wouldn't succumb immediately to the dark side if you even so much as thought about using the Force. Or you'd be killed off by a Sith Lord to set an example to the rest of the crew. Or you'd be that stormtrooper that bonked its head on the, the hallway doorpost. Or, and you'd immediately get shot. Or, or you know what? This is actually what would happen to you in the Star Wars universe. You're you would be living on Alderaan, and you're a, you're a plot point to get Princess Leia to talk, and you, or you're one of the five planets immediately destroyed by the Star Killer base. You're done. You're not surviving. I'm sorry, you're not. Harry Potter? No, thank you. No, thank you. Magic, too unpredictable. And just so just so I'm clear, uh, when I'm talking about the universe that I would like to live in being the TNG era, but only within the Federation. I would I would not want to live in that world outside of the Federation and not and I would not be in Starfleet. I join Starfleet? Kid me? No. If I if you did, you're uh you're you'd be a red shirt. Or if we're talking TNG era, you're a yellow shirt. You know, you're not Picard. You're certainly not Data. You're not Geordi, Worf. You're not Crush. You're not Wesley. You're not even Barkley. Okay, at best, you're Tashiar. And she died in the first season. So, and no thank you to living on any non-Federation world either. You know, it's Federation or bust, specifically TNG era. That's that's where you got to go. At least that that that's my choice. That's my answer. The answers that I got from some of you were not about which fictional worlds you would want to live in but more specifically i got a lot of answers about which worlds you would decidedly not want to live in and the most popular answer i got from that was a handmaid's tale which honestly i haven't seen the show but i have been told that it is a dystopian place for women so probably not fun I, I could see not wanting to live in that fictional universe. If any of you have any other universes that you are like, hey, this is a universe that I could see myself living in or not living in and why or why not. And if you disagree with living in the Star Trek universe or if you disagree with not wanting to live in the Star Wars universe or whatever, I want to hear from you. I want to have that discussion. So hit me up. 
at thebaldspotpod at gmail.com. And thank you for participating in this week's Thought Experiment. Oh, yeah. As far as this next week's Thought Experiment, think about this. You get to change one thing about reality. What is it, and why would it help, and what would the repercussions be? Don't think small. You have the ability to make one change in the fundamental realities of the universe. I have my answer, uh, but I want to hear from you. I'm interested in yours. Hit me up, thebaldspotpod at gmail.com. Thank you for participating in the Thought Experiment. Oh, yeah. And here's a fun fact for you. All facts are fun. All facts are fun facts. They are. Because learning is fun. Facts don't have an emotion. They're just facts. So you, can ha- you can't have sad facts. You can't have happy facts. They're just, they're just information. But having information is fun. So whether that information makes you sad, happy, angry, mad, it's always fun to know more. And that's why all facts are fun facts. All right. Now we are getting into our song building segment. Yeah. I want to first give a big old shout out and a big old thank you to Mrs. Hannah Z and Mrs. Sandy S for participating in the creation of our now hit song, Tall People Got No Reason. Take a listen to episode three and four uh, if you want to get caught up on what that song sounds like. And now we get to start our brand new journey on a brand new song, which is awesome. Very excited to start this process again. And with a new song comes a brand new title. I have received a request from the land down under. Yeah, a bloke by the name of Charlie B. Absolutely loved my joke about Mr. Don Bradman, the cricketing legend out of Oz. Uh, He writes me, uh, and I quote, I was thinking that the new song title could be something to do with Don Bradman, where you spend the song finding out about how godlike he is to the Australian people, but maybe it's a little too niche? End quote. Well, I'll tell you, Charlie, it is too niche. Too niche of an idea to pass up, that is. And by niche, of course, I mean nice. Uh, I'm doing a play on words, because whether or not the subject or title of that song is deemed too, quote, niche, too specific, too on point, the point is to create the song that the listeners want to hear. You being a listener, you want to hear this song, I want to give you that song. And as always in comedy and in any sort of art endeavor, uh, any creative endeavor, the more specific you get, the more wide-ranging, more reaching that your message becomes. So let's get specific into the legend of Don Bradman, okay? Let's do this. We're going to get over to this here piano, and uh, let's figure out a chord progression. Let's start slow, because truth be told, I know less than nothing about Don Bradman. I have no idea. I, just from, based on context clues, because you know how much I love them context clues. Cricketing legend, cricket, that's the sport. The only thing I know about cricket is that it's like it's it's like the older brother. It's like baseball's father, right? You know, it's like uh, kind of, I guess. It, it, no, there's no time limit. The the games can last for days and days without so much as a score, which just, yeah, to, to each their own. But we're going to figure out and, and we're going to find out about it, work on a chord progression today, and I'm going to do some research on Don Bradman, see what information's out there, see what I can get a hold of, see what type of song we're going to do. Maybe 
from the perspective of of a, a, a country Australian cricketer meeting an American baseballer and then and and comparing the two and contrasting the two and and just kind of going back and forth we'll see we'll, we'll see what we turn up okay uh any recommendations any information that you have about don bradman and the bradmans maybe that's what we'll call this song you know don bradman and the bradman trio something like that i don't know we'll we'll figure it out but any and all information that you guys want to participate in creating this song uh i was also asked to put it in the key of g which will happen absolutely uh let's let's give it a shot right here right right quick yeah this is in g yeah uh uh okay yep i like this moving it up to an a7 that movement i like that i like that movement i like that movement i don't know we're it's gonna be an interesting chord progression what what we're gonna do with it what we can see what style of song this is gonna be maybe uh has some influences of some country and mixed in with some tropes of australian waltz maybe you know because you got the the stereotypical waltzing matilda you know Whatever it is that we want to put in here, I want it to sound like an Australian song. Because it's for the land of Australia. And uh, we're just going to have some fun with it, I think. Yeah. It'll be really good. I think so. Let's, let's work on maybe some more chord progression. Waltzing Matilda melody. Maybe we could kind of... This is kind of like the call. The call signs start on out to make it very apparent where this is taking place could be fun and then get into the new riff which is in the G sus like this kind of G suspended I mean this is kind of it's kind of reminiscent of like a pinball wizard type of thing where it's like kind of that ramping up Pump somebody up. You know, it's like a sports thing, you know. Because it's cricket, maybe we, we have it be pumped up into this sports type of thing. With, oh, that's Don Bradman. Don Bradman came to the play. He bowled his shot away. And he's a cricket on the wicket. And he's going to play. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, you know, whatever it is. I have literally, as you can tell by the lyrics that i tried to just come up with right there i have no concept of cricketing lingo but we're gonna do that research we're gonna try to figure that out uh for right now though i think that's gonna be good you know it's there's not much more to figure out with this song right now i'm gonna do some research on don bradman uh that's what i'm gonna do but as was true from the last time uh for the song progressions i will not work on the song the actual song until our next episode because uh, I want to do this in real time with you guys. So basically what I'm going to do, I'm going to do some research on Don Bradman, see what he's all about and get just get general information on him so that next time we can work on some more lyrics and maybe work on a interesting 
because I, I like the kind of driving melody of uh, kind of a Eye of the Tiger or You're the Best. You know, one of those motivational sports theme songs that we could maybe do and incorporate that with maybe uh, an Australian waltz, which I know doesn't seem like they would cross over, but that is kind of, it, it feels very interesting to me that if we can try to make something like that work. Um, but any thoughts that you guys have, any recommendations, any specific things that you want to make sure are in this song, if you have specific things like, hey, if you're talking about Don, if you're talking about Donnie Bradman, you make sure that you say this thing or whatever. Or, you know, I think that's gonna be it for this week's song building segment uh, because, you know, we're we're literally building a song from scratch, and I think that this is as, as far as I can go today. I need to I need to think on it. I need to know more information about Don Bradman because it's about a specific person. So with that, I will leave you with a couple chords. That has been our song building segment. All right, let's do some jokes. Yo, let's do some jokes. There is a cemetery in Minnesota called Resurrection Cemetery. It's a little weird. Every time I've been to a funeral there, each eulogy ended with them saying, All right, y'all come back in three days now, you hear? I feel like the first person to eat weed was probably high. Here are my current events jokes, and let's just say that they're the current events of this week. On February 16th today in 1923, the burial chamber of King Tutankhamun, otherwise known as King Tut, was recently unearthed and was opened in the Valley of the Kings near Luxor. A spokesperson said the reason the chamber had been undisturbed for 3,000 years and unlike many of the other ancient relics in Egypt had not been robbed of its treasures is that no one would listen to him when he said that they should look in the Valley of the Kings. It's in the name. On February 16th today, in 1938, in Texas, it was reported that a heavy rainfall occurred the evening before, on the 15th. Even though Texas is generally a warmer, drier state than others, locals were not prepared for it. Instead, they expected bitter winter temperatures. The concern about this rainfall was that colder weather was predicted for later in the week. This cold weather would then cause a complete freeze-over, and West Texas would be covered with ice. And if that happened, they were worried that they wouldn't be able to keep ignoring the rise of Hitler. In 1959 today, Fidel Castro had been sworn in as the Prime Minister of Cuba. He had won this seat by leading a guerrilla campaign that resulted in the exile of Fulgencio Batista. Don't feel too bad for Batista, though. He found success a few years later as Drax the Destroyer in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. On February 18th... Today, in 1929, the first Academy Awards were announced, making it the first time Hollywood tried to award themselves for distracting the country from a horrible depression. In 1930, today, Pluto was discovered and declared the ninth planet of our solar system. When asked for comments, Saturn reportedly said, eh, I give it 76 years. And those were the jokes, my friends. Those were the jokes, okay? That's the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I'm Jeffrey Baldinger, and this has been... The Bald Spot with Jeffrey Baldinger. Keep listening. Give us a five-star review and a lovely comment. And keep on having hashtag fun times. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.